0: Today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. On this day in 1926, author Agatha Christie vanished from her home outside London for nearly two weeks. When Agatha was eventually discovered, she was stone-faced. She had no idea what led to her disappearance and no memory of her missing time. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast Original. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today we're covering the peculiar disappearance of mystery novelist Agatha Christie. She was found nearly 300 miles from home with no recollection of the previous 11 days. Now let's go back to Southern England late at night on December 3rd, 1926. In the sleepy English village of Sunningdale, lights were often turned out early, but that night they remained on past 9.30 in one of the thatched-roof cottages, the home of 36-year-old novelist Agatha Christie and her family. Inside, Agatha rose from her armchair to go to her only daughter Rosalind's room. Rosalind was fast asleep. Agatha kissed her on the forehead gently and then lingered there, as if soaking in the moment. She then slipped out of the room and headed back down the staircase. Downstairs, Agatha quickly penned a note to her secretary, indicating she was off and wouldn't be returning that evening. She knew the secretary would see it when she tended to Rosalind the next morning. Though she didn't disclose her destination in the note, Agatha seemed ready for a long journey. She took her fur coat with her on her way out. The air outside was brisk, and Agatha wasted no time in getting behind the wheel of her two-seat Morris Cowley Roadster. After tucking the fur coat into the passenger seat, she drove off into the night, not to be seen or heard from for the next 11 days. It was clear Agatha's absence was suspicious when her car was found around 8 a.m. the next morning. The vehicle had been abandoned on a steep hill near Guilford, 13 miles south of Agatha's home. The front wheels of her Morris Cowley dangled precariously off the edge of a chalk pit, a thick, weedy hedge the only barrier stopping the car from tumbling down. When local police inspected the interior, all they found was Agatha's expired driver's license tucked in an attaché filled with papers and a change of clothes. Working off only this, the search began. It didn't take long for news of the author's disappearance to spread. Theories spun out like spiderwebs. Some believed she orchestrated her vanishing as a publicity stunt for her new novel. Others feared she was running away from someone or something. Her husband, Colonel Archibald Christie, former World War I pilot, was sure his wife was suffering from psychological distress. Archie had a mistress, Nancy Neal, and Agatha was privy to the affair. Archie had asked for a divorce only days before Agatha vanished. He claimed the distress caused by their strained relationship could have pushed his wife to act out. But one of Agatha's friends disputed this, saying she was happy in her home life and devoted to her only child. Even Archie couldn't deny Agatha was a loving mother and a dedicated writer. With conflicting accounts providing little help, police refocused efforts on the scene of the abandoned car. The natural pool of water near the car was impossible to ignore, and local legend had it that this silent pool was where two young children died. The possibility of suicide became highly speculated on, but why would a best-selling author so abruptly end her career? Her most recent novel, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, had been flying off shelves, and she'd published a handful of earlier detective novels to great acclaim. Concerned that either Agatha had drowned herself or was the victim of foul play, the police had the lake dredged, but no body was found. On December 10th, a week after she went missing, Agatha's brother-in-law found a letter she had left him, which he had overlooked. It claimed she was on holiday for rest and treatment at a Yorkshire spa. The handwriting matched Agatha's, but the letter offered no specifics as to which spa she had gone to or when she would return. The police paused the search for two days, but as no updates from Agatha came, They weren't convinced she was simply off seeking relaxation. Authorities resumed the search on December 12th, mounting a physical sweep of the countryside. Bloodhounds wove through the hills alongside more than 10,000 amateur sleuths, each volunteer trying to find the missing link, hinting at where the author had gone. The police used every resource available Airplanes lifted up into the sky, looking for any inkling of Agatha. When even the planes returned empty-handed, a seance led by spiritualists was held near the chalk pit. The medium leading the seance expressed grave concern the author had been met with foul play, though no new evidence was found to support this. News of Agatha's disappearance dribbled even into the far corners of the world. Her picture was splashed across newspapers, inviting the public to follow along with the hunt or, better yet, reach out with tips. None came. The police were interested in anyone or anything able to shed light on the case. As desperation grew, even other well-to-do mystery writers joined the search. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, of Sherlock Holmes fame, decided to stage an extrasensory intervention, but taking one of Christie's hand gloves to a medium proved futile. Detective novelist Dorothy L. Sayers had no better luck revisiting the scene of the abandoned car. Then, 11 days after her disappearance, on December 14th, Bob Tappan, a musician staying at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Yorkshire, noticed a woman who bore a striking resemblance to Christie. Tappan relayed his concern to the hotel staff. The woman was checked in as one Teresa Neal and claimed that she had arrived at the Swan Hotel directly en route from South Africa. Archie and the police were summoned. The woman was indeed Agatha Christie. When Archie arrived to collect his wife, she met him with a blank stare. Agatha didn't recognize her husband of 12 years at all. Up next, we'll see what Agatha had to say about her absence. Now back to the story. On December 14, 1926, 36-year-old Agatha Christie was discovered at the Swan Hotel Spa in Yorkshire after an 11-day disappearance. Agatha had no recollection of where she'd been for the last week and a half. Her husband, Archie, was baffled by how his wife was able to afford her stay at the Swan. Being checked into a spa hotel came with a slew of charges, all of which she had paid up front. Agatha offered no explanation, and there was no proof she had cashed any checks to cover her expenses since her disappearance. Though he was curious, Archie didn't push her to answer. Agatha eventually warmed to her husband and agreed to leave. The night she was discovered, Hordes of Londoners gathered at King's Cross Station, ogling to see Agatha and her husband as they traveled back home. Naturally, the public was eager to know the details of why she vanished, but Agatha remained quiet. She had no explanation for why she hadn't recognized her face in the newspapers before she was found. One possible reason for her disappearance, according to writer Andrew Norman, was emotional trauma. Citing Archie's affair and her mother's recent passing, Norman speculated these events could have led to temporary amnesia. Though the onset of spontaneous amnesia, powerful enough to last nearly two weeks, is doubtful, one other theory has quietly endured. In a rare interview conducted in 1928 that touched on her disappearance, Agatha recalled driving through the countryside and seeing a quarry on December 3rd. Though her daughter was with her at the time, Agatha admitted driving into the water had indeed crossed her mind. It's possible her dark feelings didn't improve as evening crept in. Perhaps it was then that she made a plan and got in her car. Agatha said, When I reached a point on the road which I thought was near the quarry, I turned the car off down the hill towards it. I left the wheel and let the car run. The car struck something with a jerk and pulled up suddenly. I was flung against the steering wheel, and my head hit something. If suicide was Agatha's intention, It's possible she had a change of heart at the last minute, slammed on the brakes, and hit her head on the wheel. The resulting head trauma could have induced memory loss. But this theory ignores one critical piece of evidence, the letter to Agatha's brother-in-law, researchers still think the letter was an indication her disappearance was premeditated and that she'd been looking for an exit route to either her marriage or her life for some time. Though her disappearance may have come at an emotional low point, the years following seemed happy and bright. Agatha divorced Archie in 1928 and later remarried to archaeologist Sir Max Mallowan in 1930. She continued writing with fervor, penning classics such as Murder on the Orient Express, The ABC Murders, and Crooked House, but never spoke of the odd incident again, even in her extensive autobiography. To this day, fans of Agatha Christie obsess over her disappearance, arguably her biggest mystery left unsolved. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals like Today in True Crime for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Carly Madden. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Mackenzie Moore, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon and Maggie Edmire. I'm Vanessa Richardson.